Searching for last-minute gifts? Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC and save 20% on select 750-milliliter bottles. That's 20% off gifts for the hard to shop for. 20% off gifts guaranteed to fit. 20% off gifts to celebrate the season. And 20% off a little gift for yourself. Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC. In stores and online now through December 21st. Please sip responsibly. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military and the other 99 percent of us we owe them online at americanveteranshow.com here's stephan tubbs welcome to this week's edition of the american veteran show as after today we only have three more episodes but they are going to be fantastic just wait until this hour is up. You'll agree with me. We'll start with a World War II veteran, Mr. Lathrop Mitchell, who was a World War II Army medic, North Africa, as well as Italy. We couldn't do this program without Attorney John Boson. BosonLaw.com or 303-999-9999. We thank my friend and colleague, Blake Gallagher, for introducing me to Mr. Mitchell. We'll have the rest of the program from his home He kept a memoir, and he wrote it in the 1980s, 40-plus years after World War II, and we begin there. I kept a diary during the war, and uh, I have a pretty good memory, and I remember a lot of things that happened. Uh, Even now, before I go to sleep, I I think of things that happened during the war, and uh, some of the strange things uh, that happened, and, and it's nice to think about them. I often go to sleep thinking about them, of, of, the, of the memories of things that happened years ago. Years ago. We're talking yeah. more than almost almost eight decades ago, yeah, and, and yeah, you still think right. of them. Almost 80 years ago. You're a boy from Pennsylvania. Talk about growing up. I was born in, in uh, Philadelphia in uh, 1921, and I grew up in a suburb called Lansdowne, PA, which is a very up, upscale, very nice town. and. Uh, just went through high school, and when I got out of high school, I was 20, and uh, and the war broke out. I wanted to enlist right away. My father told me to wait a while, so I waited for six months. Then I went down and enlisted. When I got there, I thought they'd, they'd say, well, you're, you'll enlist it, and we'll send you home. Instead of that, I got on a train with a whole bunch of other guys I never knew. We went to Fort Meade, Maryland. I stayed there about three weeks. And uh, then I went to Camp Pickett, Virginia. And there they, they you went, you got there. The first thing they did, they took your IQ test. And then they gave your uniform they, 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 and all, your, all that stuff. And then uh, after a couple of weeks there, I went to Camp Pickett, Virginia. And I took my basic there. I think they call it boot camp now, but we call it basic. And uh, then I went down to, to uh, I was very lucky. 
I told him I wanted to go in in the in the in the artillery, or or the uh, or the signal corps. Actually, the medics is the best place to go if you're in the service, and they put me in the medics. And I went down to town to uh, to uh, Columbia, South Carolina. You were in the United States Army. You're young. I mean, all of you were, but I was 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. and and frankly, obviously, you know, there were were younger folks than that, but. But they made me a medic, and the medic is the best thing to be in the in the service, because a lot of times you're back of the lines, and you're also not killing people, and you're helping people, and uh, it's really a really a good place to be, and 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 it helped me later in life. I got it. I got a job working in the hospital later because of my medic uh, experience. You know, sir, the one thing that, that people would say is, I can't believe that a World War II medic would say that that was the best place to be because you saw so many bad things. Yes, yeah, sorry, true. Uh, there were a lot of bad things there. I, I worked in the, in the hospital. And I, I, I worked mostly at nights. Most people wanted to be on days. In the Army, you worked a 12-hour shift. And... Uh, so I worked nights, and you, 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 in the first few hours, there wasn't, there was some things were going, but after that, it was very quiet. So, so it was an easy shift to be, and you got one day off a week. And I know from reading your memoirs, you, you loved to travel and to sightsee and to take in all that you could yeah, around the world. Off, I traveled a lot in uh, North Africa. Uh, I, I visited Kesselring Pass one day and uh, had a lot of strange things happen there. And uh, one thing I, I saw, I don't know whether people know about Kesselring Pass, but it was a, the first battle that America fought the Germans in North Africa. And I think they took a beating there. And uh, I was up there, and, they, and they, one of the things I saw, they, the Arabs had a bunch of Actually, skeletons laid out, and uh, I never did. I don't know why they did that because they claimed they were Germans, but they, they they wouldn't have they wouldn't be bones that early, you know. And uh, and anyway, they they were it was it was very strange. Yeah, let me let me reintroduce because you do your boot camp, and one of the things that I think is fascinating about your service life mm -hmm. was. I followed you through your writings. You start in North Africa, and you then make your way up up Italy. And I want to I, I want to talk about first. We'll go back. How did you get over to North Africa? I went over in a in a ship called the Oriente, and it was a ship, the sister ship of the Moro Castle, which uh, caught fire and and grounded in Asbury Park. In fact, I went down. In 1937, and actually saw it. It was smoking there. Anyway, it was sister ship, and uh, it, it it ran before the war. It ran before before New York down to to the Bahamas and the Cuba and places like that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how how long um, and and the various different decks of that ship? You know, it was it was kind of hierarchy, right? Yeah. They put they put the uh, they put the air corps on top because the the air airmen were harder to 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 uh, uh, anything happened there 
took a long time to make an airman, but not long to make a soldier, you know. <laughs> and then the medics, the same way, it was hard to, hard to make, a, make a doctor. So anyway, we had a very good setup there, and we, we'd spend uh, one night, you'd sleep on the deck of, of the boat, and the next night you'd go inside, it used to be the dance hall, and you'd sleep on a bunk, and we'd trade back and forth. Pretty cramped quarters, right? Yeah. We, we had a barrack bag, too. So you, you had your park bag around your foot, and you, you could hardly hardly move, you know. Had you ever, Mr. Mitchell, ever been on a on a ship before? Yes, I was in a, in a ship when I was in a teenager. My father took my brother and I on a trip from Philadelphia to Boston, a merchant minor line. A little bit different of of a of a seafaring vessel than what you got on to go to oh, war. Yeah. yeah, it was totally different, yeah. But I, I enjoyed it, though. It was, I wasn't seasick at all. And uh, we saw a big, great big turtle one time and a flying fish. And yeah, you don't see that in the suburbs of Philly. We what? You don't see that in the suburbs of no. Philadelphia. No. Yeah. Let me uh, just remind our folks uh, on this special edition of the American Veteran Show, speaking with World War II veteran Army medic Lathrop Mitchell. He turns 102 coming up, so we're going to wish him toward the end of the program a uh, well, we wish him now a very happy, happy 102nd birthday. He's uh, obviously, as you can you can tell, just um, just sharp and memory. And we'll take our first break, and we'll continue this special edition of the American Veteran Show coming up next. AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show, a very special pre-birthday edition for our wonderful World War II veteran, Army medic guest, Mr. Lathrop Mitchell, and we're coming to you from, from his home, and thank you so much for, for inviting a stranger into your home, and I want to thank our own Blake Gallagher for introducing me to you and your daughter, Gail, and it's very, very kind. So when we last talked, you were, you were headed on that ship, and then yeah. where do you go from the U.S., uh, where do you go overseas first? Uh, we we thought we were going to England, but uh, when we got out of ways, they they hand out little books saying what, what how to how to what what happens when you got to, to North Africa. It tells you what to do and don't don't mess around with the Arab girls and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we knew we were going to North Africa there. What, so take me through, Mister Mitchell, right then when you get the handouts on this ship bound into a war theater. What do you think about, like, wow, I'm going to North Africa? Yeah, I, 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 was, I was rather pleased because I, I wasn't too keen on going to England for some reason or other. And uh, when we got there in North Africa, uh, we had to wait about 12 hours out before we could actually dock. 
and then and then we ducked and we we got in trucks and we went out in an encampment and uh, the British were there and I don't know what how they got up but they had very cold iced tea which which I thought was just wonderful because we had lukewarm water on the boat you know you and weren't you as part of your memoirs I remember reading um, taking. Uh, any kind of cleanliness or, or hygiene or, or the showers. It was saltwater showers. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. They, those saltwater showers are very sticky when you get through. You can't get clean. No, you really can't get clean. You can't get uh, suds up either with the soap, you know. And what was it, every three days that you could take a shower? I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it'd be very quick. Yeah. So let me ask you, you're, you're off, you... You're in North Africa. I mean, had you, I don't know what kind of, you know, students you were, but could you find North Africa on a map? I think most people could, but could you, when did it sink in that you were actually on the African continent? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I was amazed there because uh, I didn't know much about Africa. I thought of it, most of it in the jungles in right. the south. This, this is different here. This is sort of, the, the plains are kind of like the Midwest, high grass, you know. And uh, we didn't have much to do with the Arabs there. We were told to keep away from them. Did you ever see, did you ever see, you know, remnants of prior battles in North Africa? Did I ever see what? Like uh, bombed out ruins or, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, Catherine Pass. I, I, I went there and, and you could see the, what was left of it there, you know. And then you would set up basically a field hospital, right? Talk about that. Yeah, we set we set up a hospital there in in, uh, in North Africa. It was all in in all in big tents, like circus tents, and uh, army cots and everything. And they had they had a, a Quonset hut. That's sort of a uh, like a little hangar. That's where the operations were. But otherwise, everything was in a tent. I think there were fifty 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 people, uh, fifty cots in a tent you know, for the wounded. And they, they came in, they came in from, uh, from Italy. See, when we were there, it was just before they invaded Italy. They had taken Sicily and they were just a few days before they were, they went to Salerno and, and, and went into Italy. Well, we're going to talk about Italy coming up later in the program because you you really see a lot and you do a lot in Italy as well. Our guest is Mr. Mr. Lathrop Mitchell, World War II Army medic, and we're here at his home bringing you a special edition of the American Veteran Show. Do you remember, I want to start actually to go back. What kind, did you feel like you had enough training as a medic stateside to eventually deal with what you saw in war? No, I had no training at all. None? None, none at all, no. And, and I didn't particularly want to be a medic, but later on, I'm very glad I was. So when, was it baptism by fire? Did you just have to, you know, the? I'm sure they taught you basic first aid. Oh, yeah. Taught you a lot for that. And uh, so I, I, I didn't, I enjoyed it, it very much, but... Uh, I, I didn't realize what it was like when I got into it, you know. I can only imagine, sir. So I, I want to, uh, whether it's the first one, but you, you at one point in your in your medic career as a young, young, young man, yeah. you see your first 
your first casualty, you see your first wounded. Do you remember those images? You mean you mean the first one I saw? Yeah, like those that they come in with wounds of war. Yeah, I worked on the orthopedic ward, and uh, they were all a lot of the legs were up on on uh, on on tensions, you know, and and, uh, and and their arms were up like that, and and they were, and they were all busted up, and and uh, and then and then they had another ward for medicine, and they had a special ward for prisoners too. But most of the time, uh, we did have one one time. I remember we had a German prisoner. They didn't have enough room, and they put him in there. And the men didn't like it. They didn't say anything, but they didn't like it. And uh, I talked to him. He talked a little English, and uh, I I got him. To, I got letters he wrote home, and I got him helped him out with that. You know, I remember reading that, sir, in your memoir, and I thought that that was really admirable of you to help him get messages back out. Why? Why? There, not every not every member of of your generation, not every member serving in World War II, mm-hmm. would have would have done that. How come you did? I don't know. I just I just thought it was a nice thing to do. His his name was Gerhard Tetzler. His name is Gerhard Tetzner. You're almost 102. How do you remember that name? I mean, I, I'm, I I'm in all. <laughs> he lived in Leipzig, and I got I, I got a letter off to to his folks there. Wow. I helped him with that. You know, the only reason I ask is I can't remember what I had for breakfast today. Really? Okay, <laughs> that's all, Mr. Lathrop Mitchell, our guest here on the American Veteran Show, 102, turning 102 uh, less than a month from now. So one of the things, and I'm not going to try to downplay the horror of war, but you also, because you had mentioned in our first segment, you worked the overnight, you know, you preferred that shift. You were able to travel on, you know. Yes, I travel a lot. Yeah, I I travel a lot and and both in Africa, mostly in Italy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would travel sometimes 100 miles in a day when you traveled. The, the, the trucks were told to stop you at all. Anybody along the road, you you put your hand up and they'd stop and you get in the back. And then the, when you wanted to stop, you bang on the on the, the on the top of the truck there. They always not necessarily stopped uh, when you wanted to get out, did they? They slow down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'd have to jump out there on, on the tailgate there. Right. So I remember, and and we'll we'll continue this program. We'll uh, wrap this segment up in just a second. But I remember one of the things I loved about your writing was the accompanying photographs that you took. You carried a camera with yeah. you. Yeah, I, I took a camera. I wish I'd taken more, but I did get some pictures there, and uh, so so I took quite a few pictures of Napa and Italy too. Yeah, we'll get to Italy in our next segment yeah. with you. But I remember looking at those photos, and you're in Tunis. You see, you have pictures of Arabs. You have pictures of camels. Yeah, camels. Yeah, and little donkeys there. And uh, but I never talked to the Arabs at all, mm-hmm. like I did later with the Italians, because mm-hmm. I talked a different language, and, mm-hmm. and they weren't very friendly. I remember one time we were on a tr- on a truck one time, and I don't know why they did this, but the, the driver swerved off the road purposely trying to run the Arabs down. And, and, and they thought it was funny. 
I, I didn't think it was a, I thought it was a nasty thing to do. Yeah, you, you are just, you're a treasure trove of information, and we're so grateful. Mr. Lathrop uh, Mitchell will continue this week's edition, special one, of the American Veteran Show. Stay with us, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephan Tubbs. Welcome back to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show as we slowly wrap up final show October 29th. And it's just an absolute honor to be in the presence of a World War II veteran. But when this individual is almost 102 and the vivid, incredible memories of, of nearly 80 years ago, when they're delivered like this, I hope you agree with me. It's, a, it's an honor and we are the beneficiaries, most certainly. Mr. Lathrop Mitchell coming to you from from his home. So just kind of wrap up, sir, how you how you get out of North Africa. You've been there. How long were you there total? I was in North Africa uh, six months, a half a year. And uh, then we went to, to Italy. We got on a on a I don't know what kind of a ship it was. We was doing a storm. I think it was the first of March. And I got terribly seasick. Everybody did. And, uh, and then I, we, we, we got to Italy there in Naples and the, the little, little, mostly little boys on the dock, they kept yelling, Caramella, Chocolata. Oh, the little, ch- we, the we children, little candies down. To the them. children. Yeah. They wanted, you know, they, from the Yanks, they wanted candy. Yeah. Chocolata, Caramella. Yeah. Yeah. So we threw a lot of candy, little candies down. Did you know, sir, where you were going when, was it a destination unknown again when you left North Africa or did you Oh, no, you know? we knew where we were going to Italy, yeah, <laughs> because they had just, they had just finished Sicily and they were just about to write, to, 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 to arrive in Italy, in, in the, in the south of Italy there. So we knew that and, uh, and we got there and we had to, I'll tell when we get to Italy, I'll tell you what we, what we did yeah, let's let's go. Let, so you 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 got unfortunately you got really seasick. You get to Naples and then talk about Italy. Was it was it like what you expected? Maybe yeah, Italy was a very nice place. I enjoyed it very much. And when we got there, we we there was a we we, we were near Naples, and there was a big uh, place where the the king's men, the king's soldiers, had a barracks there. Was placed in a horseshoe, two stories high, and uh, we had the top. We lived in the top one, and the bottom one in a horseshoe. That's where the patients were. That's where the sick people were. When when you would see the patients, when you would see the casualties come in, mm-hmm. was there a common? Were, were, are, are we talking from accidents to mortar wounds, gunshots? What were you seeing the patients? How how were they? Well, they were, they, they were all gunshots and shrapnel, you know, and they're all all busted up, and then uh, they had a different ward for medics and people that were sick. I I wasn't there. I, I worked in the orthopedic ward there, and I worked mostly nights. Was much easier than days. Yeah, you, you though, you saw death. What you saw death, dead, the yeah. dead. Did I say what you saw the dead? Yeah, that's right. There's a time in your young life, and you're what? Had you turned 21 yet? 
No, not just about twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. There's a got a there's a point, sir, where you see your first dead body. I'm just wondering years later if you remember. Uh, no, I don't really remember because you probably saw so many. Yeah, I saw so many there, and then I saw some. Uh, even in Italy, I mean, taking taking a ride in Italy. You see, I remember. I'll tell you more about it later. People I saw. You know, along the had accidents or or were were killed by my a lot of them were killed by booby traps. The and civilians the, were, yeah. And you also in your memoir that that I read, you know, you talk about the minefields as well. Yeah, the the, the Germans that left sign Ockenmeinen, they left the signs up there, and uh, we had to be very careful because you, you could step on one of those and blow your leg off, you know, and uh, and then they had. Big mines that 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 trucks would put off. You know, let me ask you, sir, about being in Italy. Not everyone. This is not like going to to France after liberation. You know, mm-hmm. in Italy, there were still many many loyalists to Mussolini. Correct? That's right. There were. Yeah, yeah. We had trouble with them, and uh, I was shot at by by two of them. And and uh, one time I was I was with another fellow. We were going up a hill, and two teenage boys took shots at us there, and uh, we we got down, and, and and they disappeared there. And there and, were uh, there were other locals though that um, I, I know from reading what you've written. Um, a lot of wine was served at times. A lot of times from friendly Italian families, right? Yes, yeah, very friendly with the families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what about um, going around and seeing the countryside? Be, and, and then you would eventually, you know, not just the countryside, you'd go into the big city. They say all roads lead to Rome. Oh, yeah. You went to Rome and you saw the Colosseum. Oh, yeah. yeah I was in Rome and uh, I, I was very nice. There and, and, but Rome was, and I went to the Vatican too. I, I went there and uh was it weird to be almost a tourist when you're in a war theater? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sorta, of, yeah. But I didn't know too much about what was going on in, in, in Rome, you know, mm-hmm. about the, the history of, mm-hmm. of Rome. But but meanwhile you you eventually have to go back to your your unit, your your day pass oh, or yeah. your weekend ends. Yeah. I just said one day, one day off a week, but but, but I worked nights on the days, and we worked nights. With, there were three of us with a nurse, and uh, after the first, after around midnight, the two of the guys would sleep, and and one would be on. So we we really, uh, we we really only worked a few hours. So in the morning we were we were pretty good shape, you know. But you never, you never knew what possibly could be coming next, right? Yeah, that's right. You never knew. That's very true. Yeah. Do you think that overall, were you lucky that you made it out relatively unscathed? Yeah, I think I think I was very lucky. I've had a, a lucky streak through my life, and a lot of a lot of things that, uh, that's happened to me that that, that would have been the end. And I was very fortunate that way. Mr. Lathrop Mitchell, World War II Army medic, 
just ahead of his 102nd birthday, uh, part of a special edition of the American Veteran Show. One thing that I, it was very interesting in reading your story is there were you mentioned several times what what you remember about people going AWOL, people going AWOL and not yes. coming back. There was a man that I had as a patient there, and he and he 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 spoke Italian. You an American soldier, and uh, and and I and he they they gave him a, a, a week off before he went to the lines. So he said to me, he said, "I'm not going back to the lines. It's, my buddy was killed. I'm going AWOL." He said, "I have cousins that live in Naples, and." Uh, he said, I'm going to stay there. So darn if I didn't see him about a week later in uniform. And I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm fine. I'm living with my cousins there. And I'm, I'm staying out till the war's over. And nobody will do anything about me. I'll just be, I'll just be a, 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 a forgotten soldier. And I never saw him again after that. Do you feel that he let his country down, his fellow soldiers down? Yes, yeah, sort of there, but he, he had a terrible experience there, and, and uh, I, I felt kind of sorry for him. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he may have stayed there. I don't know. But that happened more. That there was more than just that guy, right? I mean, that that would happen quite often, according to what you wrote. Yeah, quite a quite a few times people went AWOL, and there were there were uh, German soldiers who went AWOL. One time. <laughs> I was there in Italy, and uh, there was a young man, a blonde fella, looked out the window, and this this little boy, I'll tell you about him later. He said, "He said that's a German soldier. He's he's deserted, and and they've taken him in there." And I said, "Gee, that's funny." He said, "Don't say anything about it, you know." Mm-hmm. We'll wrap up this segment as we have one more with Mr. Lathrop Mitchell. World War II Army medic, and uh, please stay with us. We will, I don't know, I think we should sing happy birthday to him in our final segment. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Now, back to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Our final segment with Mr. Lathrop Mitchell, World War II Army medic, and Again, thank you for letting me come in and be so nosy and, and inquisitive. It's a pleasure to see you. <laughs> nice you took interest in me. Well, of course, and I, I hope that um, you know, you're, nice you. you're a new rock star to a lot, of, a lot of people listening or everyone listening. So you, know, you get to Italy, and you were talking about um, a little boy. I want to make sure that we get to that. Yes, one day, a little boy, he was about 14, and uh, he came up to me in, in almost perfect English. He said, "How do you do, American soldier? I'm glad to see you." And I was "What amazed. did you think?" I was amazed over it. He said, "My name is Enrico in, or Henry Enrico Noda." And uh, you remember his name? Oh yeah, Henry Noda. And uh, he was a very nice little little fellow. And uh, it's strange though he he invited me to his family there, and his family lived in a very nice house. His father ran a vineyard, and but for some reason or other, they weren't friendly at all. I was introduced to them. It, it was the father and mother, uh, an older brother, and uh, they just said hello. And they never invited me in at all. 
but the, but the fourteen year old boy was kind. Yeah, he was very nice. But the family was like maybe they were from Mussolini or something. I don't know. Do you remember drinking the wine over there, sir? Yes, they had a very sweet white white wine there. And I I, I never drank anything before the war, uh, and so I I thought it was very unusual. I had never tasted wine before. <laughs> so you go, you end up almost all the way up the the uh, west coast, and then uh, kind of the northwest coast of Italy, and you get word that the war is over in that region, right? Well, in the southern part, yeah, but it kept on going up in the in the northern part there. But but what I mean is VE Day happens, the Victory in Europe Day. Yeah. The war, you find out, how did you find out that the, the war was over? Actually, we didn't know much about what was going on during the war. Mm-hmm. Even with, uh, with DJ, we heard very little about it. And uh, I don't, there, was a, there was a magazine that they put out. I never saw it. I, never, I really didn't know much about what was going on. The, the people in the States knew more about it than I did. I didn't know what, when D-Day what was going on, how, how they were making out, and so... Well, you couldn't really worry about it, right? Because you had to do your job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Would you say that, as you kind of look back at, at your life in the, you know, mid-1940s, mm. would you do it again? Oh, yes, very much so. How come? I just, uh, I looked forward to it. It was a great adventure, and uh, during that time, I guess most soldiers had that idea. I thought all the time there was no no chance of anything going to happen to me. I was I was I was I was going to come through it without any danger or anything. And uh, I guess most people thought that too. You but never it, thought, but it helped you to to, to get through. You, I really wasn't afraid much of the time. Because what good would that have done you, right? I mean, yeah. if you were worrying about it, you never worried. No, I don't think so. No, I looked forward to it as an adventure. And then what was it like coming home? How did you get home? Uh, I, was, I, 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 I was hoping to go home on a ship there. For some reason or other, they said you're, you're going home by airplane. I remember this, yes. You ended up in Brazil. Yes, I took a, I, I took a, a, a flying fortress to, to catch a planker. And here we, here we took a... Of C fifty C forty six to uh, West Africa, and when they got to West Africa, we took a a C fifty four, the one that was in the Berlin airlift, and that flew all the way to Natal, and we stayed there a few days, and then we flew all the way up to the Amazon, till we got to British Guiana, and uh, and then we then we flew over to uh, to Puerto Rico, and I finally got home there. You went to Miami. Yes, in Miami there. And I didn't really like to fly. and uh, But I was very glad that I did that because it was adventure, you know. Well, then you get, what, on a train back up to Pennsylvania? I got a train from Miami up to, to Pennsylvania. And uh, when I got to Fort, to uh, Indian Town Gap, I stayed there a few days. And then they sent me down to Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. And... Uh, I was there for a while. I don't know why, but they, they didn't know what to do with me, so they put me on a garbage truck, and I put the garbage there while I was dumping there. And after that, after that, I finally got 
down Indian Town Gap, and then I hitchhiked home. And discharged, and that portion of your life is uh, is done. Yeah, it finally was over. Yeah, I, I was three and a half years almost in the Army. We are so in your debt. I mean, you were just a fabulous storyteller. Tell us, as we wrap up, what did you do after the war? After the war, I was a, I was a salesman for Simonize, Simonize Car Company. They made to shine your car up, you know, Simonize wax. Were I, you out there waxing cars, or were you selling that stuff? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I Simonized for a while, and then I, later I got a job in the hospital as a nursing a nursing assistant with the University of Pennsylvania Hospital because I had served in the army, and and they wanted people that that that, that were had experience with the medics. Well, you had that. So I, 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 I was with them for quite a few years, too. And was that your final, final job? Yes. That was my final job. And then later, as I, when, I, when I got to Ocean County, I, I had a place down there near the ocean. Uh, I took care of children. And first I took care of old people. And then I took care of children. And... Uh, what who were what was the easier group old people or young kids the older people were the harder to take care of <laughs> sometimes I, I would take care of a a, a mentally a mentally problem mm-hmm. child a man he would you'd go to the bathroom and he would run out in the street you'd have to chase him and run him back in again you know well, that seems like the yeah, children that... are very nice i enjoyed it very much so I got to just ask you the standard questions that I ask when I, I, I can talk to individuals such as yourself. What's been the key to, to living this long? I beg your pardon? What's been the key to living this long? You're going to be in a matter of weeks 102. Uh, it was I, the Italian red wine, let me guess. The Italian red wine? What? Was it the Italian red wine that yeah, kept you young? Could be. <laughs> no, I, I, a, lot of us, a lot of us could look. And uh, and then I I, I I I I took care of myself too, you know. I didn't I didn't overdo it. And uh, did you stay active? Oh yeah, very active. Yeah, I did a lot of hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, I was very fortunate, I think. And I still think I'm lucky. I still have a feeling that that that, that I'm I'm sort of things aren't going to happen to me that happened. Bad things happen to people. It's going to run out eventually, but I hope it continues a little while. You know, I can see there's like there's a gleam in your eye. Yeah, you feel yeah, I want to keep going there. Yeah. What By a, golly, I'm not going to give up yet. I don't think I, I can tell that you're not, sir. Are you still? You know, you look back, and those were so many decades ago, but. You still, I, I can tell you have American flags uh, in your front. Right. You're proud to be an American. I certainly am, yeah. I'm very proud to be, and I, I'm, I'm glad I was, that I did, did something to help our country. You did. Can I just say once again, thank you, and I think we need to sing happy birthday. One, a two, a three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lathrop. Happy birthday to you. All right, I'm gonna come Thank and you. I'm gonna come and find you on your 105th birthday deal. What's that? I'm gonna find you on your 101st uh, fifth birthday, 105. Good. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. 
Thank you very much. What an incredible hour of radio, the American Veteran Show with Mr. Lathrop Mitchell. Thank you to Gail, his daughter. Thank you to Blake Gallagher, who uh, introduced me to this incredible, incredible young man for all of us here and producer Michael Arpaio. I'm Stefan Tubbs. Join us next week for a brand new edition of the program. Take time out and remember our troops and you better wish Mr. Lathrop Mitchell. A happy birthday. Talk to you next week. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. And join us next week for another edition of The American Veterans Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks. The most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.